a teacher can give us the practices, but we have to really marinate in those and then eventually trust our own intuition. The practices help us trust our intuition. And once we begin to trust them, we can allow, really allow the wisdom that is in the practices themselves to move through us. So it's not no longer us just rehearsing it, we're living it. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Wishing Wellness Radio. Again, I'm your host, Lauren, and this is a show you learn how your body and emotions are not in the way, they're actually leading the way. And today we are talking with Lindsay McCowan. We're talking about how to heal, transform, and thrive. That is her motto. I love it. It's so beautiful. But more on Lindsay, she is a leader in empowering women to awaken their full feminine capacities so they can unravel the knots that keep them tied to unhealthy standards of beauty, success, wealth, and health. Through her signature Heal, Transform, and Thrive process, she guides women to reshape their perspectives, unlock their personal power, and embolden their presence with purpose. More on her in a few minutes. But welcome to the show, Lindsay. It was so wonderful to have you on. I'm so excited to dive into all things feminine, mindfulness, yoga, healing, transform. It's very witchy wellness radio appropriate today. I know. And I'm so happy to be here and talking with you. I just love the the title of your show and the content that you've been offering for over five years now. When I asked you that, I was like, wow, that's a really long time to have a podcast. So that's it incredible. Is. So congratulations for that. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, one of the OGs with the podcasting, I guess, pre-2020, when everybody and their mother, I think, wanted to start, start a podcast. <laughs> Yeah, but you listen to that calling and it's so easy to yeah. be deterred because, oh, everyone else is doing it. But, you know, sometimes we have to just yeah, get out all that noise and be like, what is my heart telling me to do and mm. follow that and not worry about all the busyness as everyone else is uh, what they're saying, what they're doing, all their opinions. And just like, that doesn't matter. It doesn't matter in the end. What matters is this, what my heart is telling me to do. Ooh. Well, we can just hit stop on the record right now because <laughs> I think that's... Just wrapped it up. There you go. Shortest interview ever. Shortest interview. (laughs) We were talking earlier off air, like, well, how, how long do we want to go? Cause you know, sometimes we got hour plus episodes and I'm like, oh, it's fluid here on witchy wellness radio, but directed to the point. (laughs) Like it. Which is so unlike me. Cause I I have my partner, you know, teases me that I should have this shirt that says, just wait for it because I'll go. (laughs) Like you asked me a question some simple question and then I'll go. And then all of a sudden I'll wrap around all the way back around and tie it off with a really beautiful bow. Uh, well, <laughs> but I think gotta, that's, but you got to wait for it. You got to wait for it. You got to wait for that, the beat to drop or the mic to drop. So preparing for your mic to drop, um, listening to your heart too, right? I would love to hear your story being able to help other women heal and transform and unapolog- unapologetically thrive. And I'm sure there's a, your own heroine's journey that led you to be able to hold space for other women to do that. I would love to hear your own, I know, ongoing journey. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's absolutely ongoing. And it's, you know, I've, I've told my story, like the really, the, 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 some of the most profound things that have happened to me to set me on to uh, a trajectory of yoga and mindfulness many times before, but that's, I'm feeling into it. Like, I don't feel like that's really where I want to begin today because I'm a little tired of my story, to be quite honest with you. I mean, because I've still told it so many times before and it's just, I'm so far removed from that now. And it's not that it's not inspirational and it's not important and it wasn't integral, but where I am right now is I'm in this in-between stage where I did, I'm coming off of a woman's retreat. It's called the Her Festival. And it's led by six women in Rangeley, Maine, and they're very dear to me. A lot of them have been on my radio show, Women Thriving Unapologetically. And I would just immerse myself in the feminine leadership and what that really means and to really see it and experience it and do the practices from our lineage and be immersed in nature. And a lot of things shifted around that, um, the lunar full moon and which was a really powerful portal, which I actually had some crazy experiences um, during that time. And when I came back, I was like, you know, 
whenever you're coming off a, a deep immersion like that, you have to give yourself time. You know, we want to know the answers. Like, what does that mean? You know, I think it means this, but you really have to marinate in it because it unfolds and it's been unfolding for weeks now. And I'm, I'm realizing that, oh, here I am again. I'm having another freaking in initiation and I'm realizing things have to shift and I've been feeling that there has to be a shift in some way. So I feel like I'm right in the middle of another epic moment in my heroine's journey where I'm like, you know what? I'm going to take everything off the plate again and I'm just going to set it aside. And for me in this moment, I'm feeling this need to really set my ego aside to no longer be center stage because when we're, when we're heroine or a hero, we're center stage and we really want, and our culture tells us to be, make it all about me, 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 me. It's the movie of me. I am Krishna Das talks about this, how you're the movie of me, you're the star, you're the supporting actors, you're the director, you're the producer, you're everything. And it doesn't feel good to be everything anymore. What feels really good and what I've been feeling like, by, and I've only been doing my radio show for one year. So that's why I was like five years. That's incredible, Lauren. And what I've realized in that time is I absolutely love to have a platform to really highlight what other women are doing. And I get emotional every time I say this stuff. So I start to cry and you hear a pause. That's because I'm probably crying. Which but is totally it's, welcome it's, here. <laughs> yeah. We can curse. We can cry. Yes. All do it all. <laughs> and it's just this point where I'm like, you know what? I'm tired of the masculine approach to business. I really want this, this feminine way of doing things. And I'm not quite sure what that is right now. So I'm in the mystery and the magic of it. And part of being an initiation of the feminine is you got to be comfortable in the darkness and in the unknown, because that's where the power resides. So we have to be okay in that. And so I'm feeling the discomfort of it because I don't, I woke up this morning, it's Monday. I need to go to work. I'm like, I don't even know what to do because I don't know, like I'm taking everything off the table. And if you're taking everything off the table and, you know, productivity is a measure of our worth in our masculine society, then what am I supposed to be doing right now? Cause if I'm not doing anything, then I'm not feeling productive. I'm not feeling productive. Then I'm not worth nothing. <laughs> and I'm like, Ooh, even saying that I'm like, Holy shit. That's like, it makes my heart race. It makes my body clench. And I'm like tired of my heart racing and my body clenching and feeling like I'm not doing enough. I've worked my ass off for since for a long time, for a really long time and hired coaches and who are all beautiful and amazing feminine leaders in their own way, but they follow a masculine approach and it doesn't work for me anymore. So I'm in this kind of stage in my heroine's journey where like, okay, I'm changing trajectory again because the hero's journey will make you think that it's linear. It ain't linear. It ain't linear. If we're on a feminine heroine's journey, we are going to weave our way. And we're going to, and what might feel like we're moving backward isn't moving backward. It's probably more going inward and exploring a little bit deeper. And if this, it's just this weaving of this tapestry of our life and we have to be okay to pull in different threads and take different paths and go into the unknown and those scary places and come out, you know, and not have all the answers, but maybe have just a glimmer of the next step. It's not, it's not this thing that we're, oh, I'm going to go through this and have it all figured out. No, you just going to have a little bit and then you're going to go through it again and have a little bit more. And so that's where I am right now is I'm like, okay. How do I create something that's very feminine and honoring of that? Not, neg not negating the masculine, I'm not saying that because that, that's important, but a hyper-masculine toxic individual approach to things is not healthy or sustainable, generative for our future. And so I'm not really quite sure, you know, but this is where I am right now on this new stage and feeling like, okay, I'm open, I'm receptive. I'm a little bit afraid. <laughs> Because if I wasn't, then I'd be lying to you. <laughs> Maybe we could have another conversation in a year and see how it yeah. all turned out. <laughs> oh, well, you know, it's funny. We mentioned this off air about you kind of being in this beautiful unknown space. And I, and I briefly said, yeah, I totally get that. I'm just kind of coming out of that space for me. It's exactly what I went through like the past six, nine months. Exactly. It was just this 
As soon as I left my corporate job, a Category 5 hurricane came through my city. And it was like, wow, that's the powerful divine feminine at work here. Okay, cleaning out the old, you know, this is this unknown, this destruction of it all. And and I kept, I, throughout the last few months, I had to keep going inward because I realized I was still stuck in that masculine way of doing things. And I thank my body. I thank this part of me for not allowing me. I manifested um, getting really sick for the first time in how long, which I know was a physical upgrade for my body. All of these things, hurricane, forcing me to tune inward and to look at this in a different way in the amount of self-judgment that came up with not being productive. Who, who am I not to really work for so many months and just be able to just make it all about me in this process of communing with the divine and and just who do I want to be? in this new integrated version of me. And yeah, that, that, that it's been hard to, that, that inner masculine, like wants to be like, no more, go, go to, you know, achieve, put the, put the work in, you know, that kind of stuff. And it's in a different way that I really had to let it unfold and you can't push, you can't rush it. And for me, it's like the more that I was able to, like you mentioned, the ego, letting go of the ego and communing with the divine and connecting with the divine in my own way, not not the ways that I've been taught through teachers, but what is my own intuitive way for me. I have all these tools, but how do I, you know, intuitively do this? Because I think that's the transition so many of us need to make in our lives. It's like, I was going from, and I had my podcast in business for years, but going from an employee worker mindset to this entrepreneur mindset, but that's the same thing in the spiritual realm too. It's like being the sovereign creator of our lives versus even if we're into healing and manifestation, all these other beautiful things, being able to digest it and, and, you know, meditate using different techniques that we learned now it's like okay taking all that wisdom and I know that's all inside of me I know how to do this already and like really uncovering you know my innate capacities and yeah to be able to just connect because for me it was like the more I can let go of that ego and who, Lauren, when I'm meditating or doing, uh, you know, breath work and embodiment work, the more I can a- allow more of me to come through. Because the more we can connect with the divine and just let go of everything, ironically, that's when, for me, the downloads can come through. Not, not because I was forcing it. I can just allow that more. Um, so yeah, that's been my kind of journey the last few months. Yeah. And it's, it's amazing that, you know, like when we make these decisions, how other things can happen in our life that yeah. can make it even more challenging for us. The hurricane comes in, you release, you know, you leave your job, the hurricane comes in, you get sick and, you know, it, instead of looking at these as like, you know, what's happening to me or, you know, what did I do? or why is the universe against me? It's really just like, if we can look at it as an initiation, like you said, an upgrade, we can have a different perspective and we can be a little bit softer around it and we can be a little more receptive. And it doesn't mean it's going to make it easy, but it will make it less challenging. There'll be less suffering. And that's really all we're asking is a little bit less suffering because there's always going to be suffering. And, you know, in my tradition, which is the Tantra Sri Vidya lineage, it's very much a feminine lineage of yoga and meditation and spiritual practice. And, you know, for millennia, we've seen like mostly men teachers at the forefront of the tradition. And we're in this time now, and I'm witnessing this for myself and for other women, because most of the practitioners, especially in the West are women, but now we're starting to see these women coming in and they're like, no, I, this is a, a divine feminine tradition. It's a goddess tradition. And they're stepping into their full power and presence and their leadership and, and starting to carry the tradition forward. 
and allowing it to move through them in a very feminine way. Like we're starting to, we're, you know, for example, uh, Stephanie G. Berea, who's in, was on my radio show and part of a, the same tradition. She speaks to this, like a lot of the chants that we would do and had been taught how to do were very melodic, you know, like more like a, not melodic, I mean, uh, like a metronome. And it's just, you know, in that very masculine approach, but now the feminine is coming in like, no, we have permission. We integrated these practices and it's becoming wisdom. And when it becomes wisdom, we can offer it through our, the, our feminine form and make it more like a melody and beautiful um, prayer and allow these practices to come through us in our own way. It's important for us to have teachers along the way, but our masculine or hyper-masculine culture will say, you have to do it my way. I'm the only way. And if you don't do it my way, then you're never going to get to where you want to be. And that's a complete false narrative that we need to break immediately because, and realize that a teacher can give us the practices, but we have to really marinate in those and then eventually trust our own intuition. The practices help us trust our intuition. And once we begin to trust them, we can allow, really allow the wisdom that is in the practices themselves to move through us. So it's not no longer us just rehearsing it, we're living it. Another mic drop. Wait, I waited for it. And that was there. I, we got it. We told <laughs> like she told me to wait for it. I'm waiting for it. I'm waiting for it. And I would love to kind of start to, to I mean, we already talking about the feminine, but I know you have a little bit different take on the divine feminine. And that's just kind of naturally coming up. So I would love to hear what your perspective is on the divine feminine. I really, and this is not unique. Um, you'll hear other people talk about that. Betty Kovacs talks about it. Um, other wisdom keepers. But for me, the way that she's moving through me right now, first of all, she started to come in a few years back and really in a powerful way, opening my eyes to the the tradition that I was in. I wasn't really recognizing it as a divine feminine tradition. And it took me, I, I felt like it just kind of hit me over the head, like, well, duh, why wasn't I getting that? And then when I started to open up to that, then what started to come through are some of the goddess archetypes from the Tantra tradition. And I started to get these strong downloads that I was meant to create something around that and share this wisdom. And I'm like, well, who am I to do that? You know, I haven't studied for 15, 20 years on this. Who am I? Like, but again, it's that like, okay, I'm getting a very clear message. I understand what the clear messaging is in my body. And I understand what the voice of my heart sounds like. And it's like, okay, I have to follow this. And that was scary because I didn't feel enough, you know, um, to do it. And as I started doing that, what happened is I started to go through this journey of about a year. And what started to really come through is that come back to nature come back to nature. They are all, all these goddess archetypes. Let me just back up for a second and share that these goddess archetypes are archetypes of the feminine energies that we have within us. And we use them as a framework for our own healing and transformation and thriving. Then we can see what areas we have been neglecting or told that are not worthy of our time or attention or our money or resources. And, and also they can give us the, um, just a pathway to unlock our, our innate powers and to really step into that. And then it could also give us um, a framework for seeing what the shadow sides of those are. Because if we look at the Chinese yin yang symbol, one half is the feminine, one half is the, the masculine. And when they are balanced, they're in harmony, they're interconnected. Um, but when we focus on only one half of the majority of the time, it can get inflamed and turn toxic. And we experience that now in our culture and the other half, which is the feminine, because we are living in a patriarchal society, will be go, can go dormant. Those, can, those capacities we lose touch with, we lose touch with the wisdom of the feminine, which is as equally as important as the wisdom of the masculine. So when we start to bring in and awaken the feminine aspects, we start to come online and alive again. And so- with this divine feminine and following the goddess archetypes 
because I do the practices as I'm teaching them. I don't sit on, you know, up in a pulpit or on stage and say, do this. I'm doing it with, with the ladies that I lead. I'm doing the practices with them. And because every time I do them, something else, new information comes in. And so it's a very shared community. Um, and what I was noticing, what was coming in for me is that, oh, it's always coming back to get in nature more, get in nature more, get in nature more. Because I had spent so many years trying to do the masculine approach and sitting behind my computer, you know, doing all the things and never letting myself have any time or space for play or to be in nature because I had too many things to do because as an entrepreneur, how many things do you have to do? Oh my God, it is insane. And I was like, oh, I can't go do this until I get this done. Well, it never got done. And what happened is I started to become more depleted and undernourished. And so what I was coming through for me over and over again is get out in nature because the divine feminine is nature. And so when we can reconnect to nature, what we're doing is we're reconnecting to the wisdom that is in our bones and our DNA. Whether or not you are big into hiking or immersing yourself in nature, there are ways that you can connect to nature because everyone that's listening, guess what? You are nature. And my friend, Sarah Hutchinson says that she calls it being denatured. Like we are separate from nature, but when we, and we forget who we are when we are separate from nature. So when we come back to that, we can be very deeply nourished. And we think about this, look at the, the, the chakra systems. The root chakra is the first chakra, but we're always told like in a lot of traditions, oh, don't go down there. And we're, we're, if we start with like the heart or the, you know, we're reaching outside of ourselves first, but if we can get rooted, deeply rooted, and we come back to like, okay, the divine feminine, and where's the divine feminine coiled? At the base of the spine. And so we come back to this understanding like, oh, the divine feminine is nature. She is the earth mama. When we put our feet on that or on her, like the body of the earth is the divine mother. And we walk upon her body. We are, yet we are her at the same time. When we come back to that, we start to awaken those capacities naturally. And we can do other practices to enliven that, to help us ascend and understand things that might be outside of us, but they're always inside of us too. Okay. That was another, <laughs> I love your expression when I'm talking to you. You're like, okay, I'm waiting. I'm waiting. Yeah. I'm like, oh yes. Yes. And then I, right, I can see go. your here eyes shift and you're like, oh yeah, I didn't know how it was going to come around, but you're like, I did it. <laughs> I did it. And that's divine feminine well, work too, I think. <laughs> yeah. And there's, there's, there's so many aspects of the divine feminine and you know, when one of the goddess archetypes is uh, that we worked with this past year was Kuan Yin, and she's not from the the Tantra lineage; she's from the Buddhist tradition. And when we work with her, we talk about how the key to healing the divine feminine or awakening her is self compassion. It's compassion, not for others. That's a different goddess, but self compassion is really Kuan Yin. And when we can start to bring in that self-compassion, we're really starting to awaken those aspects of the feminine because we're no longer judging ourselves or criticizing ourselves or measuring ourselves against a toxic standard of beauty or success. We start to heal the wounds of that we've inflicted upon our own bodies and our own minds, but also the wounds that we can continuously inflict, inflict upon other women by judging them and their bodies. And how dare they? Who are they? bringing you back to nature for a second that has helped me so much and not 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 until I get something done but okay as a transition point a pivot point I need to break up my day whether I'm working or not just getting outside for me in Florida I can go barefoot all year you probably could most places but I gotta watch out for my fire ants because those guys will get you but I I just walking around the block for me, just, just that little bit just immediately gets me back into my body. It's the nature. And when I know I'm fully grounded and rooted in my being, this body, this vessel, the fastest way I can do that is getting outside. There are plenty of other techniques. Breath work for me has helped so much because it's more of an embodiment work, but just getting myself outside, seeing that sunlight, just, it just brings me back, back to me, back to being present in myself and this body and allowing just to feel grounded and present, just to feel the allowing versus the 
got to get this next thing done energy, you can kind of come back to balance. So you're not just so leaning forward into everything and just, okay, here we are right here and now. That's all we need. Yeah. And what I'll add to that is when I go out in nature, I'm not listening to a podcast. I'm not, you know, trying to learn, taking a course with me and trying to learn it. I'm not pulling my phone out and taking a picture of everything. I do take pictures, but I no longer go with the purpose of, oh, what's going to be a good reel or what, you know, and because that was just ruining my connection to nature. And I have some people that support me in my business like, oh, when next time you go for a walk in nature or next time you do your practice, I'm like, no, this is sacred time. And that's the toxic masculine pushing its way into my sacred connection with the feminine. And so I go with the intention of listening and connecting to her, because if we're out there trying to learn something or listen to a podcast or make, make it about my exercise, like I, now I got to run or bike or something to make, make prove that my time here in the woods, I've did something. I just, I walk. And I listen, I put my feet on the earth. I walk barefoot if I can. I'm still working up some summer feet right now, but, and just deeply listen to her because she's very subtle in the way that she speaks to us, but the messages are there. The trees whisper to you, the animals come in. And when you have a particular thought, there can be an animal that suddenly comes in and you're like, and I do preface this with like, don't always try to seek a message in something. Sometimes it's just being with the animal or the experience. Um, and if you do ponder, okay, what does that animal mean? What's the spiritual message of that animal? Sit with what you feel it is in that moment before you rush into look it up in a book. I mean, it's fine. I look it up in a book, but I sit with it first. Like, okay, what does it mean to me? And then I'll go and be curious what other, what other people have experienced, but not again, not looking outside of myself for someone to tell me. Yeah. 100%. I'm just going to lead into that too, is like, connecting my own divinity with nature and that that me time that communion time for me just being in nature is enough but also listening to it's like being able to build my intuition of where do I want to go what turns do I want to take sometimes I got myself going in circles and then I'll just you know and I don't judge it just allow and listen and listening to my body of all right, do I want to take a right or left this block and just feel? And that just that for me, it's always very physical and just being able to build that muscle. And and most of the time, eventually at some point, I'll end up running into a neighbor or my partner coming home at the exact same time. You know, just not all the time. And I don't go searching for that, but it's like the times when I'm going around in a circle three or four times and I'm like, all right, let's keep going. And then, and I, then, you know, the little synchronicities might appear. Um, but I would love to hear more on, you know, building that muscle. We kind of hinted to it of intuition and listening to those voices, but you know, those little, maybe sometimes quiet, sometimes they're a little louder. How do we start to really awaken that or for me it's more like I view it as a muscle it's like learning to listen and trust and allow ourselves yeah and I love what you shared about how you're just feeling into it you feel yeah listening to the body's cues and then you follow that and you're just leading with curiosity yeah and then see without any expectation or attachment to what will come of it oh if I lead with curiosity then something is going to happen and let's look for that so don't do that. <laughs> just lead with curiosity and just feel into your own body. And, you know, our intuition is said to be in different. I don't, I don't like to even say where our intuition or our instincts lie in our body. I just want women to feel into it for themselves. And because you know, the tradition will tell us where to look and like, okay, well, you know, look within look within and feel in your, in your own way, like what does it feel like to be guided? And that, that might be a lot for some women right now, because it might just be like, Oh, you just don't trust it. But where I began is I began with meditation. I didn't begin with yoga. I began with meditation and, and then I moved into yoga and then I moved into really focusing on the breath. 
the breath is so beautiful. It is so incredibly beautiful. It's just like the fastest tool you have to shift your nervous system and get you out of a stress response because the way the brain works is if you are in stress response, you can't actually reach out into those higher levels of consciousness, consciousness where, or tap into your intuition because you're in your primal brain. And we are in our primal brain almost all the time. If you're under any level of stress, and especially if, if you're under any level of stress for long periods of time. So what you're doing is your brain can only pull from, I, I'm drawing a box with my fingers because you're boxed in to your old way of thinking. And there is no way your brain can get out of that until you move into a state of rest. And the breath could help us get there so quickly. It can shift your nervous system into a state of calm, calm awareness or calmer awareness. And in that state of calmer awareness, your, actually, your, your mind can actually expand and then it can reach out. And when it expands, that's when we can touch upon the intuition and the inner guidance. And the more that we do that, like this is why I always start, you know, in the heal, transform, thrive, I always start with heal and under heal, guess what we start with first? Rest. And people are like, oh, I don't want to start with rest. I want to start with telling you what I want in my life and why I'm not getting it. Okay, that's fine. But let's start with, we're going to move to rest because right now listening to all the things I want, I want, I want, and this is why I'm not, and these are all the things that are happening and the negative spin that's happening. We got to get you rested because you are still in that fight, flight, freeze, or fawn state. And so we got to get you rested. And when you're deeply rested, then you're starting to tap in. You're starting to allow the feminine to start to come back alive a little bit more. And when you can start to do that, you can kind of feel into what that is. Because you haven't had, a, if you've been in that fight flight for a long time, you don't even know what it feels like. You think that's normal and that's not normal. And so, but, so when you first start to awaken that and get in a rested state, you're like, oh my God, like this is totally different. And then you have to do it again and you have to do it again and get more deeply rested. And so I always start with the rest and we can rest, not just sleep is a form of rest, but it's not the only way we can rest. And yoga nidra has been profoundly helpful to me, profoundly helpful because it helps the body you to break away just for a moment. Even if it's for a second, it can be profound when you are no longer identifying with your body or your mind and you're just in an expanded state of awareness where you're like, oh, this is who I really am. I'm not all this stuff on my list and my to-do list and my expectations and my goals. I'm not what my parents told me I am, or the people that raised me or, you know, media. And so you get to touch that. And when you come back from that state of yoga nidra, you are transformed in some way. It might, it's not more than likely, it's not going to be a profound awakening. We, the thing about the divine feminine awakening her, we awaken in small moments. And so we are living with this idea of, I'm going to awaken a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more. So that can be a gentle awakening because our culture wants to tell us, oh, we want the awakening now. And we do all these practices with such force. And then you have a radical Kundalini awakening and then you're all effed up for a while. I mean, that can really eff you up. So we want the, the feminine to come in and allow it to be more nourishing and sustainable and lovely. And so the yoga nidra is super important for that meditation. And I understand if you're not a meditator, you don't have to meditate get out in nature, be, find some stillness somewhere in your day. Chanting is really big for me. It wasn't really big for a while. This is a new ish thing for me that I've only been doing for a few years. I've, I've chanted, but I'm really getting into the chanting now because I can, the, the mantras have so much power in them to really shift us at a deep cellular level and really shift us in you know, an energetic way. It gets, it touches, it transforms the body, the mind, and the emotions. It helps us strengthen our connection to spirit. And so those are my go-tos. And there's a lot of other things that we can do. You know, I don't really say, I really pull away from using the word self-care. I talk about self-nourishment. What nourishes you and brings you to a moment where you can feel the body and the mind just rest for a moment. I'm not even sure if I answered your question, Lauren. <laughs> no, but we went where it needed to go. What you just said about the gentleness of allowing her to awaken. And it's coming through my throat right now. I'm getting a little frog there. Gently. I, I've had friend, close friends who are still 
I don't want to say transmuting, but the Kundalini awakening experience was very abrupt and really um, took them out of life for a while because of it. And because that, I think for some of us, and this was part of my journey, was that that masculine seeking of like, I want to have the Kundalini experience. I'm going to go at it in that approach, which is beautiful. But I think with my life too, some of my experiences of awakening that was a little bit jarring and it, it held me back from wanting to keep going. And, and I think balancing both those perspectives and, and trusting that for me, where I got to in the practice with my energy is trusting that whatever happens is exactly what I I can handle. And it's perfectly divinely timed because sometimes when that energy really awakens, it can, it's nothing like I've ever experienced and it can be very big. And that scared me for a long time because I'd have these experiences and then I would, you know, want to shy away from some of these practices because I was seeking so hard. It was like, almost like a, like a little, like me running up to it and then getting scared and pulling back. And it wasn't until I really just like trusted myself and knowing that everything's going to come up exactly when it needs to. I don't have to keep pushing and forcing this awakening, if you will. Now that what you just said, I'm like, oh, huh, okay. I'm getting a little better perspective hindsight on this part of my journey. And now I just, I trust that for me, it's such a part of my body, the, the intuition, the energy. I can just trust and allow and open up my energy and just allow whatever needs to come up or down and 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 trust that it's it's safe. And I think there is some, sometimes, sometimes it's like PTSD with it because it, it, you're just, it's so, so not like anything you've ever experienced. And it's, we don't need to jump into that right away. I think in any change, it's like sustainable, loving, how can we rest a little bit more, that kind of approach versus let's go for the whole, the whole big shebang pop right away. So that, thank you for sharing that. Cause that just clicked a lot for me. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you yeah. for sharing your experience because it can be really jarring Yeah, and it doesn't have to be. And I know we all want what we want now, but that's just been something that we've been taught mm -hmm. and that's really not in keeping with the wisdom of our bodies. It really isn't. And so when we can really bring in the feminine and feel into her intuitive wisdom and then bring in the sacred mask and like, okay, this is my pace. I talk a lot about honoring your pace. What is your pace? Like your pace is going to be very different from mine. And for such a long time, I was measuring my pace against my teachers or my colleagues or the coaches that I was bringing in. And you know, I kind of joke about this sometimes. I think I always wanted to be the hair. I mean, who doesn't want to be the hair? Of course, you know, there's wisdom with the tortoise, but no, we all freaking want to cross the finish line first. Um, well, if you're a little bit competitive, like I am. So we're perfectionists or any of those things, but it's when we figure out what our pace is, you can be the hair, you can be the tortoise, you can be like the goldfish. I don't, it, whatever. It's like, okay, what is my pace? And I'm going to honor that because when I honor that, I feel more nourished. As soon as I stop honoring my pace, I start to go into fear mode. I start to compare myself. I start to feel my body. I start to get headaches more. I start to not feed myself very well, both mentally and physically. And I was like, okay, there I am again but I know what it feels like now. I'm like, okay, there's my sign. Let's pull back. And then I'm always like, gosh, how slow am I? <laughs> there's the judgment. So then I bring in the self-compassion. I was like, okay, it's my pace. It's my pace. And this is the way the divine wants to move through me. Yep. The compassion. The comp I think this is really kind of circling back to the beginning of our conversation of like you said, it's Monday. What do I do? What am I going to do? I don't, mm -hmm. I don't, I don't know. So this is a different pace. 
than than what was kind of this um old cycle that you were in and now it's about finding a new it's a, just a different I got maybe not a new cycle just a different part of this ever spiraling journey I think I'm just waking up to something that was always there yeah. and I just wasn't ready for it you know and then I was having like we were I spent a weekend away with my partner and our best friend and we were we were having our our witchy uh walk in the woods and we we're having this conversation about how you know we how far behind are we from the divine you know because we we think we get to a certain point like oh we have all this awareness and then the next and then we have then we have all the hindsight and like, how many times does that happen so how far ahead of us is the divine just waiting for us and then we'll then we'll quote unquote get there and then like oh she's our she's always ahead of us she's always guiding us so it's just this ability to just be like, okay one I'm never going to get there and two now I can just relax and be curious and be softer with the way that I approach my life. And it's a constant challenge for me because I'm in a lot of, you know, starting feeling like I'm starting over, but not really starting over, just shifting directions a little bit. You know, I'm like, okay, what about the money? Where are the, what about the clients? Everyone's expecting me to do things this way, but that's just not how it feels resonant with me anymore. But I also know that I'm not going to keep myself stuck in a way of doing things out of fear. So it's time to shed that. And as you mentioned, use the word before upgrade. So, and that's not a, that's not always an easy thing to do, but it is necessary if we really want to feel into how powerful we actually are as women, not to exclude the men, but you know, this is really, we've been talking a lot about the feminine and how important that is. And, you know, men can awaken the feminine aspects within them as well. And that's absolutely necessary for our, a greater healing to happen. Um, and just to be able to shift into something altogether new, which we may or may not experience in our lifetime. But that's another part of it is like, we're not doing this for ourselves only. That's part of the feminine. We're doing this for everyone else that is to come and that we understand this from a feminine aspect of leadership that, okay, I'm doing my inner work and I know I may never see the fruits of my labors, but I know the fruits of my labors will be received generously by someone else. And that's part of working together in unity and collaboration and generosity. The mantra that I've kind of used is and that moment of surrender, whether whatever practice I'm, and even taking a walk, breath work, meditation, how, you know, how can I be the vessel for what I need to be this lifetime to channel what needs to come through to plant those seeds, to emit this energy to the world that maybe like you said, I might not see, but it's not about that. We, you know, it came into this lifetime for a reason and really connecting to I don't want to say life purpose, but it's how can I be this vessel for for the evolution of consciousness in that that feeling set when you can take your ego out there, like I said at the earlier was like that that's when for me the specifics will start to eventually come through when I can connect it through that it's not it's not this this ego me that's doing this it's this higher power that source god universe god it's whatever you want to call that is uniquely coming through and for me that's yeah that's been very powerful when i can remember remind myself to do that because sometimes we do i get down the it's the lauren show right and there's nothing yeah. wrong with it because i think we all can't you know ram Dass says we're all just god and drag which i love it's we're all we all, <laughs> <That's> <laughs> we're awesome. all just god and drag here and it's fun to play it's fun to play like we're, this is the game of life we're here playing this role this wearing our drag this lifetime but we have to also remember and integrate that divine part of us too yeah. And like any great drag queen, you don't have just one outfit <laughs> or one 
you know, I want, I don't want to say skip performance. It's like always constantly changing and having fun with it along the way. And, um, and, you know, ego is always going to be there, but the more that we bring in this greater, um, awareness of what we call the witness perspective, then we can see, oh, there's my ego. There she is again. She's being a little triggered. She's not feeling really, you know, like she's enough in this moment. Like, what does she need to feel a little bit, you know, less triggered or needing to push herself so hard? Um, and then, so the more that we can lead from the witness perspective, the more that we can trust that the next steps we're taking are led from that wisdom and not from the fear, the fear, the scarcity, or the neediness of the ego. Because the ego is always going to be there. We just need to be able to identify, identify her and, um, and even nurture her in the sense of not like feeding her insecurities, but say, okay, honey, like, what do you need? What do you need? Here's the self-compassion. What do you need to feel less fearful in this moment? Instead of coming from that perspective, okay, there's, damn it. Did you just go away already? You're really getting in the way. You're effing everything up. You know, no, bring in the feminine, nurture, nurture, nurture. And say, okay, I hear what you need. You need a little rest. You need, you need a nap. <laughs> and I want to give you that. I want to give you a moment of rest. And then we're going to let the witness perspective guide us. And then what happens is that part of ourselves will start to trust. And that it's okay to let the heart and the higher perspectives lead us. It's safe to do that. Because if we're afraid, we just don't feel safe. Yep, yep, yep. And for me, it's the, the compassion. It's like a reparenting in this feminine way of that side of you. And I'm sure many of the listeners can think back of puberty or even younger. You know, how were your big emotions dealt with growing up? through whoever raised you mm -hmm. and you know they were doing the best that they could with what they knew but for me it's being yeah being okay with not judging what's coming up not judging what the ego or my body's feeling and having compassion and being like what would it be like if I just truly felt whatever's coming up truly let okay if you feel like a failure right now okay how feel like a failure if you could fully be present in it and what always happens is it's not there for very long, maybe a few seconds, maybe a minute at most. For me, it's just allowing myself to feel that and it's safe to feel that and knowing that that's not me. It's just something that I feel. And the ego is just, it's a guidance system. That The ego is nothing, like you said, to judge or hate or push down. It's here to show us where our focus is, where our vibration is, to show us where we are separated from that, that God mm -hmm. self and how lucky we are because that helps us grow. Without the contrast here, we wouldn't be growing and learning and experiencing yes. everything. Yeah, I love that, Lauren. Thank you for sharing that yeah. the contrast is so important. How would we know what joy is if we didn't have the opposite of that? And, um, and I love also... Oh, there was something else that you said that was really beautiful and I just lost it for that moment. But, you know, when we bring in, like the ego is not something to be, you know, ridiculed or, or hated upon, but it's just a part of us. It's just a, one part of us uh, that holds a lot of other little parts. <laughs> the ego has many parts, but uh, yeah. And just to be with all of our parts and you know, I just, you know, want to kind of circle back to one thing I was saying about the feminine is that, you know, when we start to trust the divine feminine and, and that intuitive power, then we can allow the masculine to come in. The masculine is the doing like, and then we can allow the masculine to, to do the things that we need to do. And, but from that more nur that, that nurturing grounded, really wise place and say, okay, I need you now to step in. And the masculine's very protective and we need, you know, and the thing is with the masculine, when it gets, um, inflamed that, that natural, uh, desire to protect out of love becomes this, um, turns into power over. And so we want to say, okay, I want that nurturing, loving aspect. That's going to protect me, but not override me and force me. 
into almost um, something that feels more submissive. Yep. Yep. The, the balance, because we have both mm-hmm. men and women yeah. have feminine and masculine, and it's just being present with ourselves and our own pace, like we said, and mm-hmm. yeah, integrating them both. But I feel like this is a good time to start to like wrap things mm-hmm. up. Was there anything yeah. else you feel called to talk about our wrap up before we start to close it down today? Well, just to know that we all want to thrive, but thriving is not an end goal or a destination. It's just a way of being. And so how are we being in this moment? You know, how are we leading? How are we loving in this moment? And that can be an indicator of how well we are thriving. Well, if you listened to the whole episode, you waited for that moment and beautiful synopsis of this whole podcast. But thank you so much for coming on here and just being present with us, sharing the raw, vulnerable truth that unfiltered you, which I think, you know, we, I, I really do applaud you for coming on. You know, I always ask the heroine's journey question and you had the courage just to be like, well, this is where I'm at right now. I'm, you know, embarking on this new story and how refreshing and healing it is for all of us. So thank you for sharing that. And because of that and so much more, how may we, the listeners, as a huge act of gratitude, be of service for you in return today? Hmm. What an interesting question. I've never been asked that before. And, you know, the first thing that comes up is like, oh, that, you know, that, that wounded place that, oh, women aren't supposed to ask for anything. You know, let me give, let me give a little bit more to you and not take anything. I'm like, oh, okay. Wait a second. What, what? So yeah, I would love to connect with you. I absolutely love it when people email me and say hi, because I'm much more receptive to emails and I desire to build a community of women so that we can stay connected, support each other, resource from each other and know that we're not alone and that there are so many ways we can thrive and so many different paths that we can take to our own healing and transformation. And, uh, and so you can do that simply by reaching out and sending me an email or, uh, Lindsay, what is my email? Oh my goodness. Lindsay McCowan. I don't email, email myself very often. <laughs> uh, Lindsay McCowan at gmail.com, or you can just go to my website and, you know, there's, I have three practices there. I'd love to have you as a part of my community. Uh, so if you sign up for my newsletter, you'll get a breathing practice, a meditation practice, and a yoga nidra practice, which will help you ground and you really get connected to your feminine energy and, um, yeah, I just love to hear from you. Beautiful, beautiful. And I'll, I'll be in the show notes for you okay. guys, just to mm-hmm. click away. <laughs> Thank you again, Lindsay, for coming on today and just just being you, just sharing your heart. Uh, thank you so much. It's been so much fun to talk to you. And I feel like we could talk for hours. So yeah. maybe you can come on to my radio show. <gasps> oh, we would love that. Stay tuned, everybody. Yeah. <laughs>